so many of the people who come into our congregate centers come, they don't come for the hot meal. They're coming to connect with their peers, to have that social interaction. Welcome to Creating Community, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and others together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. Today, we're recording from the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. For more information about the chamber, visit alvinmanvillechamber.org. Thank you to the chamber for letting us come in and record. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. We'd love for you to subscribe to stay up to date with us and the community. In this episode, we are sitting down with Bria Knoppe, Executive Director of Actions, Inc. of Brazoria County. Welcome to the show, Bria. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, the uh, the name Kanapi may sound familiar to some of the other people that have listened to the uh, podcast. We had Ryan on several weeks back. I know you said you haven't listened to it, but for those that are listening, there is a relation. Tell us about yep. that relationship. Our grandfathers were brothers. So tell us a little bit before you started with Actions. You are a graduate from Danbury. I am. And then you went on to Sam Houston. What did you study at Sam? I studied marketing. So are you using marketing in your field right now? Is that what you're doing? Absolutely. Yeah. So t- tell us how you're using it. Just networking, being involved in the community, of course, fundraising. That's nothing but marketing effort. So. Oh, for sure. So do you enjoy that aspect of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you like best about it? Just engaging in the community and sharing our mission. I've had a passion for seniors since I was a little kid. My great-grandmother, I grew up with her living next door my entire childhood. She actually passed away in my house. So that is where my heart's been since I was very young. And so a lot of people have a passion for it and volunteer, or they're passionate about it and they visit a senior center occasionally. What was it that you had so much passion that you decided to get into actions, but just in helping like full-time, I'm going to work, I'm going to live this? Well, I actually started out on the board of directors. When I came home from college, they had an opening on the board of directors and I applied for that position and the board placed me in that seat. Um, served on the, on the board off and on for about 12 years. I oh, had wow. uh, my, when my son was born, he was born with a rare lung disease. And so I had to take a break from the board for a bit. Oh, sure. Once things leveled off for us and we kind of figured out our new normal, I went back and Sure enough, there was another opening on the board. So I applied to be back on the board of directors and it just kind of transpired from there. That's pretty cool. Do you just have the one child or do you have more? I do. Just okay. one. Okay. What's the name? Carson. All right. And so before you worked at Action as well, were some of the things that you did? I ran an embroidery and screen printing business in Danbury. Oh, oh nice. What was the name of it? Because we know a lot of them. Best yeah. Little Embroidery House. I do recognize yes. that name. Yes. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> Very cool. Do you still live in Danbury now? I do. Okay. Are you still in the same place that you grew up? I am. I'm actually an Alvin transplant right now, if you will. Um, I'm taking care of my grandmother and staying with her here in Alvin for the most part, pretty much full time now. So we just brought her home from the nursing home in January. So we're kind of trying to transition her back into being on her own and having a little more independence. So. So what I'm hearing is you have tons of free time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, lots of free time. So much. Yeah. 
And so between work and taking care of your family and everything, um, when it comes to your background in marketing and stuff, what, what's something that you didn't realize about marketing that you've kind of picked up on over the, the past few years? I think the importance of the actual personal connections. You can put information out in front of people through different forms of media. You can put signs up. You can run ads in the paper. But if you're not connecting with people and they aren't buying into what you're doing and they don't believe in your mission, you're not going to gain any traction. I don't think you could have said that any better. <clears throat> I think that's absolutely accurate. Absolutely. I, I think that's so important because I think that a lot of times as a marketers, people just want to throw money at the problem and not have to make a connection. And they don't understand that. Why is the money not fixing it? Yeah. Or if we do our job and get people to walk through the door to your business or a business, and then you're not nice to them, they're not going to buy from you. Like it's not just but the marketing was so good. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't help to get them through the door and then they right. don't they're not treated with respect and dignity and absolutely know. yeah and so living in danbury growing up in danbury you went to alvin high school danbury. Right? you went to danbury mm -hmm. high school okay so tell us about danbury high school so because i thought people from danbury came up to alvin that's not the case mm -mm. How, so big, I, how big is the school there oh now you put me on the spot oh. it was a 2a when i was going to school there okay. but i think they may have bumped up Okay. One class when they did some. So are they pulling people, students from a good distance away? Like, are there, I don't want to say commuters, but. Not necessarily. Okay. Um, I graduated with 68 people. We had a huge class. <laughs> huge we were class. actually one of the biggest at the time that were we graduated. Really? So. Okay. <laughs> I think they've grown a little bit, but. Right. Yeah. Well, and so all these people listening now going, yeah, I got 2000 in my class. Right. Yeah. Well, in Danbury, the thing I think about with that is it's a very tight knit For community. Sure. And. I have people I know that live there and they are really passionate about their, their town, which is great because I, I think I'm passionate about Alvin. People in Danbury are very passionate about Danbury. I think that's pretty safe for our whole county though. Like you love Texas, no, but I you agree. love your home. That's yeah, true. people in Pearland love Pearland. People in Brazoria, they're like, no, it's Brazoria City, not Brazoria County. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we talk about this too, that when you travel and People say, where are you from? And everyone's, everyone else says America. And they go, okay. And then you say, you're from Texas. And they go, well, tell me about Texas. Do you wear cowboy boots? Do you, you don't have much of an accent. It's kind of weird. Do you have cows on the side of the road? Do you have horses on the side of the road? Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things I want to talk about is I saw you were doing some training in the past week. Are you going to be the president of your rotary? I am. The, for the I'll, second time. Oh, for the, the second, second time. time. I'm the current president and president-elect. For the wow. No, actually, right. um, I'm in a club that is district-wide for District 5890. It's a newly formed club. Gotcha. We actually adopted someone else's charter that wasn't available in, within the district. Oh. And so it's a service-oriented club. And we meet on Saturdays because the district didn't have a Saturday club. Nice. So we meet via Zoom. Right now it's one Saturday a month, and then we do a service project one Saturday a month. But we, I think we're about to transition to three Zoom meetings and a service project. Very cool. And so they made you sit through the training again, even though you're going to be... <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> Sounds like fun, even though you're currently the present. And so yeah. I was like, oh, this is terrible. But there were two other people in my little breakout session that were in the exact same position that I'm in. This wow. is their second time to be president. And so we still did had to sit through it. 36 hours oh of goodness. Zoom meetings last week. Yeah, Just that, for Rotary. That wasn't counting the Zoom meetings that I'd sat in for my real job. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that, so I know you and someone else, actually I know two other people that sat through that training last week and I tried, 
I kind of wanted to sit in. I'm president, elect, elect, for <laughs> whatever. I'm a couple years out, but I'm okay with that. But I thought, man, if I could sit through there, I know a handful of people that are going through it at the same time would have been nice. But so, what is it about Rotary that you like to participate in? The service projects. That's the best part, right? Well, to be able to get involved in your community and put hands on and know that you're really helping somebody, not just signing checks and, right. hey, we'll write you a check, but how can we help you? How can we serve you? Where can we put our hands and feet to make your project a better, a better deal? Absolutely. I think that that's something that's great about civic organizations, and I think that that's something that people in the past year have missed not being able to go and do things, not being able to be out in the community and help. So what are some of the service projects y'all have done? Well, we were going to do, like I said, it's a newly formed club. So our first big service project was going to be in February. We were going to do a pet food drive. Um, Our idea is to partner with Alvin Sunrise Rotary, Alvin Noon Club, North Shore, Humble, El Campo, so that we're doing this collective service project all across the district. And so for this particular project, we were wanting to do a pet food drive because in actions, we're running into the issue where our seniors are feeding their pets the food oh, we're delivering for the seniors. For them. Oh, wow. Especially in the pandemic, with that being their only true companion, they're going to make sure that animal is taken care of. And so what our hope for that project was that we would have all these little pods all across the district. Then you could go and donate the things that you collected to your local senior citizen organization or the SPCA or whoever it may be. The winter storm put a little kink in that. So that one's been postponed. Um, This month, we're going to do a little surprise for some local first responders. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, that's cool. So on on the pet food drive, let's go back to that just for a second. If somebody listening to this is touched by your story, and I think I'm one of those people that want to do that and donate food to you, how could they go about doing that? You can actually drop off pet food at our office, and we have a grocery distribution hub in Angleton. We've had a really strong partnership with the city of Angleton through this pandemic. And so we've been able to distribute groceries to our seniors through the space that they allow right. us, but we also are delivering pet food from that same place. Okay. So people are able to find you at any time down Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Very cool. All right, so we want to talk a little bit more about what Actions does. But before that, let's hear a little bit from our sponsors. Hey, everyone. It's your friendly neighborhood realtor, Parker White with New Villa Realty. It's not a secret the real estate market is red hot right now. Whether you have a dream of becoming a homeowner, your family's growing, and you need more room, or if you're an empty nester, I got you covered. New Villa Realty specializes in helping our clients achieve their real estate goals through a stress-free process and open communication 24-7. You will never be left in the dark, and I will be there with you for any questions you may have. Connect with me today so we can sit down and get you where you want to be. My phone number is 281-678-1811 or email me at parker at Realty. N-U-V-I-L-L-A dot com. I would love to meet you. I'm Jamie Scafidi, President and CEO of the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce exists to provide support to businesses and organizations in the Alvin and Manville area. With various networking and marketing opportunities every month, the Chamber can help you grow your business. Learn more at alvinmanvillechamber.org. 
If you have marketing needs, we can help. Whether you're looking for business cards, brochures, a website, or digital advertising, 1820 Marketing can help you take your business to the next level. During this exceedingly difficult time in a worldwide pandemic, businesses should focus more on advertising, not less. If you've tried marketing on your own and haven't found the success you're looking for, try something different. You can contact 1820 Marketing at info at 1820marketing.com. How long have you been with Actions as executive director? Since October of 18. So you had a little bit of time before the world fell apart. Congratulations on that. (laughs) Way to go. So what's the biggest difference you can see between pre-pandemic and current pandemic? The services that we're able to provide. The the pandemic put an instant stop to our congregate centers. So... So many of the people who come into our congregate centers come, they don't come for the hot meal. They're coming to connect with their to peers, interact. to oh. have that social interaction, um, just to connect with other human beings because I mean, people are working later in life, people are traveling farther to work. Normally, we're, you know, 15, 20 years ago, people were retiring at 60 and they were home to take care of those elderly parents. Now people are working until they're. 70 right and those 80 and 90 year old elderly parents are sitting at home all alone no those aren't the only people that we serve you know we serve anyone in brazoria county 60 and older that's that's the only requirement it is not income based so okay um but they long for that connection that they get in the centers and That's been the most heartbreaking part for me of the pandemic is when we transitioned from the congregate centers because of the pandemic, everyone rolled over to the homebound meals program. Sure. When we first started delivering to their houses, it was, hey, how are you doing? So excited to see you. And then it was just a, hey, how's it going? And I mean, you can just see as it progressed, the joy just kind of fleeting from them for lack of better terms. And then the phone call started. When are we going to reopen? Yeah. When can we go back? We miss our friends. We miss the, the interaction. Um, that's, it's hard. It's tough because yeah. I know that they need that social interaction, but we also need to make sure that we're reopening things as safely as we possibly Absolutely. can. And there's such a vast difference in our centers. In Paralene, we feed 130 people a day. In Sweeney, we feed seven. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a big difference how is it fair to open one center at one end of the county just because they're a little bit smaller group and tell the other people you have to wait? So you're trying to find a, that fine line of what's fair to everybody, but also being safe, being that we're serving the most vulnerable population. It's just a numbers game. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, so we have a, on a previous podcast, Monica Flores, she's a financial coach, but what she does, she works with people with the sandwich generation, kind of like you were talking about with, people are working later into life and things like that. She, she works with people who are dealing with kids going to college and an aging parent. And I, it does seem heartbreaking to put it nicely. Um, because I know how much I crave communication and interaction with people and to not have the ease of access that I used to 
was tough, much less struggling to begin with, you know, maybe I don't, not as mobile as I was, you know, and, and getting people to have the interaction. It's heartbreaking to hear that it went from very joyous to now let's just, when are we going to get back together? And to watch that transaction happen is going to be tough. So, but to hear you say that is the silver lining in COVID for me. Um, about six years ago, one of our major funding sources did not fund us at all for our congregate centers. And the people who made the funding decision said they weren't going to pay for seniors to sit around and play games. They just didn't see the value in what we were doing anymore. Now that COVID has happened and people in their twenties all the way to their nineties have truly experienced social isolation. Mm -hmm. They know what these seniors are dealing with day in and day out. And the numbers are out there. All it takes is to hop on your computer and Google it. Social isolation will take someone's life. Oh, yeah. The the studies show that it's just as much of a health detriment as smoking like 15 packs of cigarettes a day. I read in one article, heart disease, and that's just from being lonely. And that's that's hard to quantify, right? I mean, obviously you just did, but it, it, to me it's heartbreaking and hard to, to understand that. And I, I'm trying to imagine how you react when someone says, well, you know, we don't need to do that anymore. It just... Of course you do. People need people. And sorry, I'm going to get a little upset about that. (laughs) But COVID opened opened the door. So many people's eyes and opened the opportunity to have these conversations where before it was, uh, this is old people. They're retired. They'll be fine. Well, no, because a lot of seniors retired 20 years ago, 25 years ago when $800 a month would carry you through. Exactly. Yeah. How many of us can live on $800 a month. Exactly. And those are the ones who are doing well. There are people who are living on less than that. And you just don't think about it. But when they retired and that was their monthly payment, it was good money. Yeah. Well, at this point with the vaccines that have recently come out, the new Johnson & Johnson is now available, the one and done vaccine. What is the timeline or or are they, have they already started? What is the timeline for being able to get these seniors back into the centers to be able to interact with people. We have a date kind of in mind, but I'm not. You don't want to throw it out <laughs> there. Not going no, no, there okay. yet. Okay. No, 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 no. Just because I don't want to get somebody's hopes up, sure. and then but but you spring can, break or something sets the no. numbers off again, and then not only are they lonely, now they're feeling defeated because they've been waiting for this special well, sure. day, and it but passes. I, I guess my point is now that you can see there's a light at the end of the tunnel, so that's got to give you a little bit oh, yeah. renewed sense of what you're doing is is doing something i'll say this we're gearing up okay so That's awesome. I'm glad to we're hear headed that. in the right direction it's just slow and steady wins the race we've got to make sure we do it as safely as we possibly can for somebody that's listening right now that has a mother or father that they haven't been able to see or a grandparent they haven't been able to see what kind of advice would you give them to help keep things moving forward so that we don't lose anybody else. Pick up the phone. That's all it takes is a phone call. Um, we actually even implemented a call center uh, probably about three months into the pandemic. It may have been a little bit longer than that. We make over a thousand telephone reassurance phone calls a month. I mean, excuse me, a week. Wow. Um, those phone calls usually last about two minutes. More than anything, it's, hey, are you going to be home for your meals during one call? And 
later in the week, we'll call back. Did you remember to put your meals where they go? The freezer? Because sometimes they do forget that too. You know, just how are you feeling? Everything going okay? In and out. Those phone calls started lasting five minutes and then 15 minutes. And so we we saw a need. Uh, We actually partnered with Commissioner Payne and utilized a, a small space that he had that he wasn't using at the time and turned it into a call center. And so any senior in Brazoria County can call into this number. We have volunteers on the other end of the phone and they will talk for 10 minutes or they will talk for 45 minutes. It doesn't matter. There's no limitations. The sole purpose of that program is just to be able to connect with somebody else on the other end of the line. Yeah, that's amazing. And and again, that's something you wouldn't think would be that important. And then you look at it and, and once you know about it, you go, of course, of course, someone wants to come and be able to reach out to someone and communicate and talk. And even if it's nothing, it's everything to them. So, so I think too, it makes it a little easier and I'm going to kind of use myself as an example here, but when the pandemic first hit, I told you my son has a rare lung disease. So for the first 270 days of this mess, we were never more closer than six feet with each other. Oh, wow. I actually stayed in a hotel in Alvin. Oh man. Um, Talking on the phone was great, though. You know, we could connect, we could laugh, we could cut up, talk about what was happening. But it wasn't the same as going and sitting in the yard and visiting with him from six feet away, because then you had to get in the car and drive off. So it wasn't just that actual act of having to say goodbye and walk away, I think, adds a little more grief to what you're already going through, where if you just pick up the phone and call every day for five minutes, it will make such a huge impact. Yeah. I'll tell you, I can hear in your voice the fatigue, right? The compassion fatigue. We've talked about it here before. What is it you're doing to rejuvenate yourself and keep yourself moving forward? Because you're you're talking a lot, and I think this happens for people that are working with the elderly community or sick children or whatever. There's a strong compassion fatigue. So what are you doing that's keeping yourself moving forward? Because I think, and I think other people could benefit from it yeah you don't want my answer (laughs) i just find somewhere else to start helping you know so to get away from work you go to rotary and do rotary projects or but that's me that's who i am as long as i am engaged and interacting and help i know i'm doing something for the greater good that re rekindles my fire i guess I, I think that probably helps somebody more than you think it does. Cause I think when somebody thinks I'm getting, I'm starting to get tired from doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. But if you go find someplace else to make yourself useful for lack of a better term, uh, even if it's in the same lane, uh, it probably could be helpful to a lot of people. Cause I, I don't know that everybody thinks, okay, I'm tired of giving, 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 I need to take, take, take now, but maybe it's just giving to another direction. I selfishly yeah. volunteer for things because it makes it <laughs> well, helps me yeah. to help mm-hmm. other people. For sure, we we used to before COVID, we would go work at the food bank and and volunteer and do things, and it was exhausting because they knew us and so they put us to work with the heavy stuff, which was fine. But at the end, you still kind of felt like oh, I accomplished something, and we talk about that too, just with different things where it's the the tactile. I got it done. Like marketing, you don't necessarily see the benefit of it. Maybe even months down the line. Yeah, but going and moving heavy things from point A to point B, I did something. I I accomplished something. And so I I can see 
the compassion fatigue when it comes in yeah. and then you still wanting to go help it's still but you're almost able to click off that the, the personal side the emotional side because you're still helping right that's very cool simple things like driving through a restaurant in town and paying for the people behind you you know it's Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel better. I'm helping okay. somebody else who wasn't so expecting what, it. What kind of car do you drive? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to follow me around. Right. Yeah. I'm follow you around. <laughs> um, so on the actions side, executive director, how much stat, what is kind of. We have like? about 15 employees for the entire county. Oh, wow. Um, to be fair, I thought that's more than I thought. Yeah. But that doesn't yeah. seem like a whole lot for as big as Peoria County is. Many. Um. You put me on the spot, made me start counting people. Yet again. <laughs> a little less than half of them are only part-time employees, too. Oh, wow. so, okay. So, okay. Um, that probably fits more along the lines of what we were thinking. Yeah. yeah. We have um, six site directors, and then we have two full-time drivers, one in the north end and one in the south end. And we have one full-time meal delivery person and one part-time meal delivery person. And you deliver all over so Missouri County? we deliver 10,000 meals across 1,400 square miles every month with one and a half people. Wow. We do wow. have some volunteer routes. Um, we have a volunteer route in Pearland, and we have a couple of volunteer routes in Angleton. We have a volunteer route in Manville that actually leaves from the Alvin Senior Center. But Wow. So, so if somebody wants to volunteer for that, again, they just reach out to Actions. Holler at me. <laughs> yeah. And I will find you a place. We'll make sure that we leave all of your contact info in the uh, show notes and sure. at the end of this podcast too. Yeah. And, and obviously this is a very hyper-focused to local, but, but if anyone outside of this area happens to listen to it, Brazoria County is larger than the state of Rhode Island. And it's so, the largest county in Texas. Yeah. Right? So to be able to say that you have one person doing the North and one person doing the South, that's a lot of area to cover. It's not just, as small as some counties are, it's a lot of a lot of space to cover, and especially kind of the west of the Brazos. I That's mean, Sweeney, I Brazoria. It's Sweeney, so Texas. Yeah, it's spread a lot of, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wow. Um, so this past year, I, th- I think it was last year. Um, COVID brain is getting to me, but you you actually were able to get through the city of Alvin and uh, Commissioner Adams mm-hmm. a new van. A bus. New bus. Bigger than a van. Yes. Nice. And so that allows you, again, I'm thinking non-pandemic, but y'all go and pick up people. You we bring do. them to a senior center where they can interact mm-hmm. with others and hang out and have it kind of like you said. That has really changed in the past year. It's not the same. We were running about 2,000 transportation trips, give or take, each month. And right now we're averaging about 350 to 400. Wow. Um, and I get it. You can't, they can't go any, there's nowhere to really go. They might go to the grocery store or something, but it's not. They're not going to the centers. There are a lot of them are doing phone medical appointments because they're scared to go to the doctor. Nobody's going to the beauty salon. Nobody's, you know, we implemented that grocery distribution. So a lot of them are not going to the food pantries that they would have, norm, that we would have normally taken them to, to supplement our meals. We're providing that service for them. Wow. And that's a hard balance, right? Like it's not just how do y'all work? Who gets a ride and who doesn't? Everyone gets a ride. Mm -hmm. Anybody who wants one, they just have to call and make an appointment because we have limited resources. It's not like a taxi service. You know, you can't just call and say, Hey, I need to go to the grocery store in 30 minutes. Yeah. But if they'll book about a head, about a week ahead of time, 
we don't normally have a problem. There may be a few times that, you know, the schedule is already full. I think as things start gearing back up, it will be that way in the beginning for sure. Just because everybody's been trapped at home for so long, they're all going to be ready to go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the, you know, you brought up the bus. So all of the centers each have their own vehicle. So, you know, if you live in Alvin and you can't drive yourself to and from the center, we will pick you up, take you to the center, allow you to enjoy your time there and then turn around and take you home. Um, there are actually a couple people here in Alvin that we give transportation, provide transportation for them to get to work. Oh, wow. So through our transportation program, they're able to have that sense of self-worth and keep their dignity and be involved in their community where if it weren't for us, they would either be paying half of what they're making sure. or yeah. they would not be able to work anymore. So that's, I'm pretty proud of that, that, yeah. that that's actually <laughs> happening. So. That is awesome. And that was kind of something I was trying to elude, elude to earlier. When you say senior citizen, you think this late 70s and 80s and 90s. But, you know, 60 and older is considered a senior citizen through the Older Americans Act. And so we're trying to get away from that stigma that it's just the older seniors. Sure. We want people of all ages, 60 and older, to be involved in what we're doing and know that our services are for them, too. So. How can can people come in and just volunteer with you, like in the facilities or wherever? So is there an age requirement for that? No, you have to be 21 or older to drive one of our vehicles, but anyone can deliver meals. You just have to use your personal vehicle for it. Okay. We actually partnered on Martin Luther King Day. Dow had um, a service project day and every single person who signed up to deliver meals for us that day brought their children. And I thought that was so cool for them to see. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much going through your head in that moment because, you know, they're seeing their parents give back, but they're also kind of connecting to that older generation and bridging that age gap. So, And, and I think probably part of that is, and, and I hate to say there's something good coming out of it. I, I don't want to say I hate it, but it's good to see that there are positive things that are coming out of the pandemic because they may not have brought their children. They may not volunteer themselves had their children not been at home with them all the time. Absolutely. Right? Like, hey, let's get out and do some stuff. We're going to work for some other people. It's been a hard year, and there's been so much loss, and my heart breaks for those people. But there really have, like you said, it, it sounds funny to say, but sure. there have been really incredible things that have come out of yeah. this pandemic as far as shifting people's mindsets. All right. So to wrap up, if someone wants to volunteer or donate, what's the best way for them to do it? There's a link on our website, um, www.actionsinc.org. And I believe you can still also give through our Facebook page. Okay. Um, As far as volunteering, there's um, several ways on both of those to contact us to reach out. Or when our centers are open, you can always just pop in and say, hey, I want to get involved. Uh, How can I help? One exciting thing that we do have coming up, and we will need volunteers once we get the program implemented, hopefully. I submitted a proposal for a pilot project for... um, congregate meal initiative programs okay so we're going to be trying if we get funded to purchase some tablets and hotspots, teach the seniors how to use the technology in the centers but then they'll be able to check them out like in a library type loaner program where they can actually go home and implement what they've learned in the center to be able to connect to those family and friends and check their right check their my chart if they need to look at something or communicate with their doctor so you know if this had happened 10 years from now, the, the people that we would be serving, they may not be 100% tech savvy, but they would have been able to transition over so quickly. And our biggest dilemma has been most of our people 
if they have a cell phone, it's a flip phone. I was going to yeah. So how do you Zoom? How do you Facebook? How do you engage those people beyond a phone call? Well, that's what I was saying because of the number of times I helped, they would come into the coffee shop and we'd walk them through on the phone. But it, it's infinitely more difficult, if not impossible, to call someone and go, okay, this device that I'm talking to you on, okay, now put it on speaker, now open up Zoom, and it, like you can't do it. It's You have to have another... Right. Let me call you on this other phone so that we can walk you through this. It's and it was just, something Jake and I took on when the pandemic started at the coffee house where we implemented people could come in on Wednesdays, I believe, and we were doing tech for whoever came in. That's he, awesome. He's the Apple guy. I'm the Android guy. So we have the ability to help I anybody. I like so. there, Oh, there it <laughs> is. She pointed at Dorian. <laughs> she did. And we're done. Oh. No, <laughs> and that's the end of our podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so, but I think that's important to being able to check out the equipment to where they can practice, what turn around doing. and utilize it and reach out to their family and see grandkids. See so anybody Anna. wanting to get involved in that program, we're going to need volunteers to help teach those classes in the centers. We're going to need donations. The grant is only going to buy like 15 tablets. We serve 1,400 square miles of seniors. So if anybody listening has a connection for her, right. contact her. No yeah. doubt. Um, so our, se- our congregate centers, when they do reopen, just so people know, you can join at any center, but you can also go anywhere in the county once you're in- enrolled. So okay. if you join in Alvin and your sister lives in Brazoria and you go to spend the day with her, you can go to the Brazoria Center and have lunch oh, wow. there. Fantastic. So we have a center in Pearland, Alvin, Angleton, Lake Jackson, Sweeney, and Brazoria. When we get to reopen, we should be opening a center in Manville and Freeport also. Oh, nice. Cool. Okay. That's so. awesome. Good deal. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for we having really me, guys. We really appreciate it. Wanted to give a shout out to the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce for letting us come in and record. Once really appreciate it. And for more information about this podcast, you can find it at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time.